In this episode, I'm going to talk about the danger of what I call showboat leaders. I think we're all familiar with the concept of somebody being a showboat. And uh, you've probably worked for a manager or an executive or some sort of boss that really liked to be in the spotlight and get all the attention. Well, there is a risk of hiring that type of leader. I'm Larry Cornette, and this is Invincible Career. This is issue 485 if you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. So have you ever worked for a showboat? I know I have. I've worked for uh, a few. I wouldn't say a ton, but I've worked for a few. You know, that's the kind of leader who wants all the attention. They lead from the top down and expect everyone to get in line behind their vision of the future. They're not usually open to hearing new ideas from the organization below them. They're certainly not open to being challenged They're really not open to sharing the stage with anyone else. And you may have noticed this type of leader is a little nervous about sharing the spotlight with anyone or letting people from the organization um, get airtime with the senior leadership, with the board of the company, things like that. Now, showboat leaders are incredibly charismatic figures. I suppose it comes with the territory of being that kind of person. So it's not surprising that they rise to the top. I mean, they have a grand vision. They speak well. They're very persuasive. They're very convincing. They're great on stage. But it's all about them. They tend to use the company as a stepping stone to a higher platform. And over the decades of my experience in the corporate world, I've watched more than a few showboat leaders actually move up into politics. I mean, uh, running for governor, becoming uh, a senator, you name it. I guess even becoming a CEO does not satisfy their ambition. They want a larger stage. They want more power. They want more people hanging on their every word. They really like the attention. As long as your showboat leader has the right vision and strategy, your organization can succeed. If you and your team execute well, right? Uh, they, they are really good about being the big leader up front, but they can't make it all happen, so they need you. We can all think of a few companies with visionary genius CEOs who are more than happy to take all the credit for the company's success. They, uh, they tend to hide everyone else in their shadow. However, we also know it wouldn't have been possible 
without the thousands of employees making that vision a reality. There is an enormous risk with this type of leader. They leave a hollow organization behind when they walk away. They build nothing that lasts without their presence because they've never allowed their team to flex their own vision muscles. And I can think of a few times this has happened during my career where I was working in an organization under a really charismatic visionary leader, the showboat type of leader who said all the right things, was always on stage and always being interviewed. And uh, eventually they left the company, went on to bigger and better things. And that vision entirely collapsed. Everything they had been promoting and saying was the future pretty much vanished within about six months. And uh, the company struggled. The organization struggled to ever kind of come back from that. It was really hard. And of course, there is a time and a place for visionary leadership. Startups and small companies need that strong leader at the top to chart the course, to focus everything around a singular vision. You don't want fragmented vision and a whole bunch of people trying to say what the company is going to become. And this is normal. That's what happens. But as companies mature and grow, they need a different type of leadership. You want a robust, diverse organization full of leaders who enable their teams to grow, thrive, and reach their full potential. You need managers who lift the entire team, not just themselves. I mean, why would you ever want to encourage a fragile organizational system that collapses when the showboat leader vanishes. I was thinking back on this, and this is what kind of reminded me of this, <laughs> this issue and this problem. You know, I once received feedback that I think was intended to be criticism, if I look back on it. And at the time, it, it kind of hurt my feelings, and now I kind of laugh about it. This person essentially said, hey, you focus too much on getting the best out of your people. I mean, you seem really good at identifying and nurturing talent, but I want more vision from you. Oh boy, you know, that, that sounds terrible. How dare I focus on the incredible intelligence and talent within my team so that over 100 people were operating at 100% of their potential? Yeah, I guess I should have focused on just myself. I should have tried to become the next Steve Jobs. No, I had an amazing team. I had some really smart people. If you're, if you're a good leader, you want to hire people who are more intelligent, more talented than yourself. Otherwise, you are limiting your organization's potential. So I had some incredibly smart people, literally some people that were geniuses. Why would I squash them down and impose my vision on them? They had some amazing ideas, so I encouraged it. I let them thrive. 
And that was kind of the point, right? And I've heard variations of this type of comment before, you know, there are people who reach out to me and they're looking for a leader and they're like, Hey, you know, we need a Steve jobs type of product leader. We need the next Steve jobs or a a design leader. And they're like, we need a visionary leader or telling people, Hey, focus on the strategy. Just let the team take care of itself. I mean, for the record, I do enjoy vision work. You know, I love it. Who wouldn't? I did it for my startup and I do it for my companies now. I have to, it's just me. So I have to create the vision and strategy and figure out what everything's going to be. But for me, I have to be passionate about the company. I have to be passionate about the product or the service. I have to really be excited about it. And if I'm not, which is often the case when you work for an employer, I'm happy to step aside and let my creative, innovative people come up with some spectacular vision of the future for the product and the company. A lot of them were super excited about it. Why not nurture that? Why not support people who have that passion? My point of view on leadership and vision has changed a bit over the years. And I've been doing this a long time. You know, I worked in the Silicon Valley in the tech industry for over 20 years at various companies. You know, I was at IBM and Apple, eBay, Yahoo. I had my own startup and things like that. And I've been coaching for many years now, coaching a lot of people in the corporate world. And my my point of view has changed a bit. And I believe that being a grand visionary and a great people leader and a great manager is impossible. It's impossible. Each of these roles is a full-time job. Each one is a full-time job. Creating, selling, and nurturing a big vision and strategic plan is a full-time job. You are completely consumed with it. You're doing a roadshow. You're trying to persuade people. You're trying to sell it to the board, sell it to the executives. You're doing media uh, interviews. You're giving talks. You're doing all kinds of stuff. And it's a full-time job to lead your team, to manage to knock down barriers so they can get stuff done, to shield them from the BS coming down from above, let them do their work, to enable them, to coach them, right? And to nurture their careers. And I can hear some people saying, nope, 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 nope. I can do it all. I can be a visionary leader and a great manager. I know I can. And I'm sorry, but people who say they can successfully do it all are full of crap. I know some of these people. I know some of the people who say they do it all. And I know the truth. I've worked with them. I've worked for them. I have people that I coach who report to them. Most of them altogether drop the ball on taking care of their teams. They are too busy being visionary. 
They're too busy speaking. They're standing in the spotlight. They're too busy driving their own ambitious careers to even spend time helping their team with theirs. For example, one of my friends told me, a pretty senior person, they had only one, a single one-on-one meeting with their manager every year. About one meeting a year to talk about their career and performance and how they were doing. They, didn't, they kept canceling their one-on-ones. One damn meeting in 365 days. This visionary boss didn't give a crap about my friend's career. That's not a great manager. Come on. That's a lie. If you're in a position to decide what kind of leaders you want to promote or the kind of people you're going to hire to bring in as leaders, think really hard about the culture you want to build, the type of organization you are trying to build. Those showboats, they're very attractive. They interview well. They're very impressive. Do your homework. Find out what they're really like. Find out about the people who reported to them. Do they take care of the team? And think hard about the type of leader you want to be too. What kind of a leader do you want to be? What do you want your legacy to be? How do you want to take care of your team? What do you want to be known for? In my mind, the best leaders have a number of key things they do well. They have self-awareness and a desire to learn and grow. They want to grow professionally. They want to grow personally. They're always trying to improve themselves. They have control over their emotions and an ability to mediate the conflict of others to help solve those problems. They have compassion and a constructive drive to help others grow and succeed. That is the difference. That's not what a showboat leader does. They have a desire to create healthy cultures and they treat everyone with respect, not just the people they can use. They have dependability and they're reliable and they engage in open and honest communication. Importantly, they have the courage to champion others and the conviction to champion the mission. They have an ability to see the big picture, to prioritize goals and enable success for all, not just for themselves. And I included a little diagram. If you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com and look up this newsletter uh, issue, and it's a bit of an unpopular opinion, and it's basically a two by two. Uh, And the columns I have on the left, an okay manager. On the right, a great manager. And on the column on the right, the rows, the bottom row is an okay leader and the the top is a great leader. So up and to the right, that lovely quadrant that everybody wishes they could be in, great leader, great manager, it's a unicorn. Am I saying it doesn't exist? Maybe... Maybe it does. Maybe there's somebody out there who works eight hours a day, 
being a visionary leader and another eight hours a day being a great manager and taking care of their team and barely gets any sleep, never sees their family and friends, doesn't take care of their health. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're working 16-hour days. I think most managers, unfortunately, and that's the truth of all the surveys I've seen and why people leave their jobs, most people are okay leaders and okay managers. They're not great. They're just okay. That's most. The best leaders are great leaders and they're just kind of okay managers. They just don't have the time to be a great manager. They're too busy being a great leader. And the best managers, the people managers who take care of the team, they're great at management and they're just kind of okay at being leaders, being visionary. So my recommendation, if you want to avoid this risk of showboat leaders, if you are in a position to determine who gets hired, who gets promoted, and what kind of a leadership team you want in your company, guide your most visionary, innovative, and creative people up the individual contributor ladder to greatness. That's usually your principals, your principal designers, your chief architects, your chief scientists, things like that. Do not harness them to a management plow. Don't try to force your visionary people into a management role. Let them be visionary and disruptive and creative and innovative. And on the flip side, guide your most compassionate, operational, and reliable champions up the management ladder to greatness. These are the people who are going to get the most out of your organization. They're going to help mentor and coach your team to greatness. Don't you want hundreds or thousands of people performing at an incredible level? That's what these people do. So don't punish them for a lack of vision, which is what I see happen sometimes. So that's it. You can uh, check out newsletter.invinciblecareer.com if you'd like to subscribe to the weekly newsletter that comes out. Uh, this is issue 485. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life. <laughs>